Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Crowdsourcing Sustainability Podcast. Today, we have a bonus episode for you where the tables are turned and you can learn a bit more about my climate journey and the origins of crowdsourcing sustainability, thanks to our wonderful teammate, Macy Shondell, who's asking the questions today. Uh, We're just going to dive right into it, so I hope you enjoy. Well, I'm Macy. I use she, her pronouns. I currently live in Chicago, Illinois, um, and I am a new member of the CS team working on updating our Instagram and other social media. Um, And our first big project was to introduce all of our new team members. And then finally ending here with Ryan and his introduction and sharing all of our climate stories. So I am Ryan Hagen, Uh, he, him, pronouns, and I'm from the Boston, Massachusetts area, but I am currently in Seattle. I'm trying to figure out where I want to live. Let's start with the easy one. Why are you passionate about climate action? Yeah, so (laughs) I've been obsessed with climate change for nearly a decade now. I first heard about the climate crisis back in college and was kind of shocked because to me, it felt like no one was really talking about it or doing anything about it even though it sounded like this massive problem and at the time I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do for work and all I really knew is that I wanted it to be something meaningful because I had some previous internships in like insurance and like investing banking sort of stuff and I was just like was not for me, I wanted something I could feel good about. And so, you know, climate crosses my radar and I just dove right in. I started learning everything I could. At the time I was in the business school, uh, majoring in economics, and I decided to pick up a sustainability minor. You know, within a year, I had made this promise to myself that I would make a career out of reversing global warming. It was kind of just because once I knew about it, I couldn't really unsee it or stop thinking about it. And that was really because I realized if we get climate wrong, nothing else is gonna be right. Uh, It's just that big of a problem and it's that, it's so interconnected with everything else that matters and that we all care about. So yeah, I worked in clean technology for a few years after school. And then in 2017, it felt like we were still so far behind where we needed to be like as a society on climate change. And I felt like I personally could be doing more and that I had things to say and that I wasn't hearing the you know mainstream media talk about it in the way that I was thinking about it and didn't really hear people talking about it in uh, conversations. And so I decided to start my own thing. And the idea behind crowdsourcing sustainability came from the fact that I'm just one person and can only do so much. But if I could get as many other people as possible together and working on solutions, then we could really start to push the needle a little bit more. So yeah, today over 200,000 people from 150 plus countries are reading the crowdsourcing sustainability newsletter. We've got this awesome team of volunteers. There's a podcast, a Slack group. We're starting to have a bit more community meetings so people can connect. And, you know, the stories that people tell me and and share 
about just the amazing climate actions that they're taking and the impact that they're having, how CS has helped them both in little ways and bigger ways. It's it's really what keeps me going down this path. Yeah. And so I think of crowdsourcing sustainability as this mix of independent journalism and action-oriented community that's really about empowering people and accelerating action. And kind of at the root of everything is that I see addressing climate change as the best way to save and improve as many lives as possible because it, it really does affect the basics of who we are and what we need as people. It's like the building blocks of society, food, water, safe place to live, a job. It touches all of those things. And that's something that everyone on the planet kind of takes for, not everyone, but a lot of people, especially in the Northern uh, hemisphere or the, the higher income countries take for granted. I just think it affects the building blocks of everything that we rely on. And as the Sunrise Movement says, I, I love this. I think I heard it from them in a training some years ago, but they, they say climate is about protecting the people we love and the places we call home. And I think that is the best way to say it. <laughs> Can you talk about like what your catalyst moment was? Because I think that's something that a lot of people, even without prompting in their past interviews with me, pointed to one thing that like happened that really pushed them into this career like can you talk more about what yours was they seem kind of silly but I'll share them it works right <laughs> yeah I mean so I, I said I dove I dove into the research after learning about it and mm -hmm. there's just it touches so many different things and it's so interconnected that I was, it's kind of overwhelming so after some months of having researched this stuff and it's still marinating settling in my head and trying to make connections here and there. I remember this, it was the summer. I had an internship I didn't like. And for whatever reason, I clicked on one of those like internet polls that popped up. It was like BBC or yeah. CNN or something. And they're asking like, what is, or to rank your priorities? Like it was like a political thing. And so, you know, there's healthcare, the economy, immigration, the environment taxes you know like 15 things and i don't know why but i took this very seriously spent a decent amount of time thinking about it and was just like if we don't figure out this climate thing then all the other things that we care about and that matter like they're all screwed and so that's kind of when it really solidified or clicked for me that thing I said earlier, like, if we don't get this right, everything else is going to be wrong. So that was a big moment. That was kind of what catapulted me into making the promise that I'd make a career out of this work. And then the other thing that comes to mind is my friend Greg asked me to write like a blog post on sustainability. And this was before this is when I still had was still working at my old job. And uh, I was like, super excited. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'd love to. He didn't even have a blog at the time, but this like nugget of a question just set me off down this path of like, what would I write? And I realized I couldn't put everything into one article. And it sort of is what got the ball rolling for um, starting a website and the newsletter and just building this uh, 
you know, organization and community of people so we can, the way I like to say it now is informing minds, touching hearts and inspiring action, which is kind of like continually doing those things and sharing what I think is most important for people to know about climate and how, how bad it is, but, you know, always walking that line with sharing the inspiration and where the hope is and giving people meaningful actions they can actually take to start to change the places that they live and work. Cool. That's a really great lead in to the next question of how has this experience been? Like, I mean, I know you said that you had kind of planned that this would become your career, but was this the path that you imagined it would take to get to like this nonprofit status? Do you have like, you know, something, another end goal in mind? Like how, how did this process like evolve for you? Yeah. So for me, the filter has always kind of been about impact. Like what can I do to help reverse warming faster? Because I see that as how we rebuild a safer, healthier, and more just world. But no, it's not what I envisioned at all. Like I have never really liked social media or putting myself out there. I was super like introverted growing up and never wanted to be the center of attention or like even talk much. So that if you had told me five or 10 years ago that I'd be writing weekly on the internet to this many people, I'd be like, what were you thinking? <laughs> um, but yeah, and then, you know, in terms of the nonprofit, that was more of uh, once this had gained enough traction, I was trying to think, okay, like I need to figure out sort of the next best steps here. And I didn't want to turn it into a, a for-profit thing. I wanted people to know that this truly was about the mission and it's about making an impact um, and so we went the nonprofit route and that's, you know, there's all sorts of hoops and, and stuff. And I don't like all the, the things that I have to do for admin. I just want to do the work. Well, what do you think the future holds for crowdsourcing sustainability? How do you see it growing? What's your, what does it look like in your dream state? I'm excited. Um, so kind of step one of this plan there were two steps at the beginning okay. <laughs> step step one was sort of build for lack of a better word like a, a following and kind of establish credibility and trust and start to build relationships with folks on some level and then once there was a certain amount of people reading the newsletter Step two, which is where I think we're basically at now is, okay, there's all these people, most of them, or they, they all care about climate. Most of them want to be doing more. How do we connect them? Like, how do we take all these amazing people who have different experiences and skill sets, networks, resources, like you name it, people from all over the world. I, I look at it as like a puzzle and everyone is like a piece of the puzzle and has something valuable to give and contribute to, to solving this problem. And especially when you think of, you know, we all live in different places and work at different places and went to different schools. So we have all these different spheres of influence. So the question for me now is, and this, this is a step two, is how do you actually start crowdsourcing effectively? How do we maximize 
the impact, our collective impact, and kind of like weaving all these different puzzle pieces together and connecting folks with the right people who can help them at the right time, sharing resources, best practices. So that's kind of the, the two-step plan. We're at step two right now. And, you know, we're, we're working on this. How do we connect people better? We're, we're working on a CS climate action directory right now. Um, we're starting to ramp up meetings a little bit more and really try to figure out how do we strengthen relationships within the community and get people working together? Because I think that's where the real magic starts to happen. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say to someone that is looking to get involved, like in, in the community that you've created or maybe outside of the community? Like, what would you say, what would you say is, is like the first step? Yeah, I mean, I would first say, thank you and welcome. Like we need a lot more people working on this and that there's no, there's no like right answer. There's no roadmap. The right way for you to plug into climate action is going to depend on who you are, what you're passionate about, what your skill set is, you know, where you live, these spheres of influence that I mentioned before. And I would just honestly recommend folks like, a learn more about the problem to a point you don't have to like don't go too far <laughs> but sort of get the basics down and wrapping your head around it and i've written newsletters before that list like other newsletters that are good resources for information podcasts that are good resources for information books so there's a lot of stuff out there to just kind of dip your toes in and start to get a, a feel for what the space looks like, both the problem and the solutions. But again, like don't spend too, too much time on that. The education can kind of be a constant ongoing thing. I would say take the time to like reflect and write down those things that I said before, like what you're passionate about, your spheres of influence, um, your skill set, and try to find a sweet spot for all those things. And then you know, talk about this issue, find a community to join that's taking action where you live or where you work. And, uh, you know, doing this with other people makes it much more pleasurable and sustainable. Um, so yeah, I'd say those are kind of the basics. And just remember to take care of yourself when you're doing this, because it's really heavy. And just know that even if it feels like you're alone, you're not alone because this will be, if it isn't already like the biggest movement in human history, people kind of stepping up for climate action. Great. Well, in the spirit of just keeping some of the same questions and structures, the other interviews I've done, you want to share a fun fact or something that you like to do in your free time, like outside of your, your climate work? Yeah, I have always loved playing soccer and basketball and like any sort of game. <laughs> I definitely have a bit of a competitive streak. So like it can be board games, it can be long games, it can be sports, it really doesn't matter. I especially like, um, in addition to those two, some stuff that's coming to mind is like chess. I play chess with my dad a lot. Sellers of Catan, Spike Ball, like it, I'm all over the place. But 
that and then getting out into nature, hiking with friends, mountain biking, just hanging out with people I care about, you know, kind of the basics. Anything else that you want to, or any other questions that you want me to ask or anything that you need to cover? No, I don't, I don't think so. I hope people find this useful or interesting in some way, maybe some small nugget to get them thinking about something. Yeah, I hope so.